0: This is just a little tele-blur because you can't see my face personally, but we're here collectively online, all the people who think we global, that means we're out here with African Americans, Hispanics, Asians, and it doesn't matter, we view them as real people. And as servant leaders, we global means there can be and there needs to be a part of the Caucasian community, white that is not racist gender bias or accusing of complete strangers you've never met therefore we're going to discuss whelp but it's too beautiful the weather out there the sky is just amazing look at that view from our office it's just so neat that i had to film a little bit let's get it up here oh oops wrong way We're trying to get back after decades of this research and just get a normal life. So we are out here for the sake of the community that calls itself Christian, all kinds, all colors, all spectrums in the faith. Now, because this is grassroots, we want to encourage you, if you are a grassroots leader or you've been through some of this muck and mire. Of collective Christ following and fellowshipping with the saints. Maybe they weren't diverse ministry, maybe the accused you, you know, and were biased, but they never spoke to you to find out because they weren't loving. So we're here on behalf of the voiceless to have a voice and to make this proclamation about doctrine. Good people, false doctrine that produces scowls. We don't need that. God didn't have that in the New Testament. That's Old Testament law. Plain old bigotry, bias, partisanship they got down from their daddy or the mommy somewhere in the past history. So we teach on that collectively. However, because we believe that if Jesus were here today on the earth, he would be so against bias, he would be from the Middle East, Middle Eastern, and he'd be ready to greet all kinds of nations, all kinds of tribes, all kinds of collective people groups that we're believers, non-believers, males, females, all kinds of lifestyles, all kinds of politics, all kinds of noble to non-ignoble, and we want to be the same as a community, as a easily entreated James 3.17 resembling, which is the wisdom that comes from above, in life, in relationships, out in the streets. our ministry we want to represent that as the basic EORR responsibility and criteria of normal do normal real christian ministry and people who say they represent the lord you know i found before i moved up here a lot of believers not going to any church but i found a lot of reasons why (laughs) we're in the former state i called it a culture a subculture of toxic caucasian red state whelp, but also the uninclusive we centric so it started to get vocabulary after much time what is this group that's difficult that can't get me that doesn't want me or you know it's like they're proud or they have this big anti-woman maybe their mama was mean but it's a subculture that carries the bible and packs a wallop so on behalf of any expat any foreign new visitor and they're all moving down to the red states this is common sense and i thought this is before covid this is before the election i was noticing this i thought this is not diverse maybe they have one or two but they're not they're sort of clannish too cliquish and you know this is we centric so when i analyzed why some white are not and some are because white you know be honest to be your friend in the last many years, several years, the word right, on, excuse me, the word white, Caucasian in media and Christian, all-knowing Christian, has made it a racist term practically. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a you know a forethinker, I think for the new generation, I'm not biased, I always have African Americans in my life, you know, f- historically, then I thought on behalf of the future of your kind of children, and you maybe, and uh, to be responsible. This is not your old mama's days and not your old mama-pleasing days or daddy-pleasing. This is a whole new subculture that is now vocal because they have been through a lot of misogyny, ministry, bias, suppression, cults. But yet the cult followers within the groups today, the clubs and tribes, because they've been on this front for 40 years, 25 in the prophetic, 30, really, 30 this year in the prophetic, seeing good, good humans, but then with it, the doctrinal bathwater mix of the scowls, repeated scowls, of false doctrine, historical false doctrine, perhaps. So we encourage everyone to be enlightened, want enlightened by training, deliverance, and because I was not raised back under that, not under the law by my Christian pastor, Caucasian, non-biased, non-racist parents who respected everybody. I grew up the same way, thinking like that. So I was shocked. I get shocked if I meet bias, especially chauvinism, misogyny, woman-hating, and a min- Christian minister. So because I saw it more than three times in the Deep South and around the, around the um, body of Christ in my studies since age 24. The Lord said, if you see something three times, you're seeing only a little bit of what I see a lot of. You need to teach on it and the doctrines, because it's doctrines in subcultures. Let me get a sip of water. So even though, one more time, this is my second time doing it here, you don't see my face. You know, actually, it's prophetic. It's prophetic because it represents the unseen, innocent, pure-hearted, beginner, naive person, black or brown, or white, single female, single man, single person, human person who comes to be because with Jesus in fellowship with the saints. Why? Because they need to. They know the Lord. They really love the Lord. All they want. No secret agenda. All they want is a little tongue talk. I'm talking to the tongue talkers. All they want is a little ministry of the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts, refreshing good worship a touch from the Lord, the presence of God, the, you know, being in that atmosphere. And instead, these false doctrines hidden in good worship, it's like, it's almost like bait and switch. I don't think this is done intentionally to woo people in, but I know that the only reason I had been drawn in the first place, because back in the first state a conco- you know, I had been studying the body of Christ black and white, even though I'm Caucasian, I'm sent all over. And so, all my life. And so, I was sent to study worship, but at the same time, I was undergoing heartbreak, attack, persecution, emotional abuse. So, when I went to check out with a friend the first time, the worship of the new movements, which now is prophecy, turned out it was white prophecy, which is you know, around the nation, good and unclean, I didn't know that in the doctrinal bath waters, because I'm always checking your theology, but then I didn't know there could be underlying governmental things of control, too much control, and also the demonic, seeming occult or cult-like, to keep them in line, witch-watching and character assassinating based on Everyone being judged from afar, but never spoken to, which is lawlessness, which is ministry, scowl, a false doctrine. So all this, when I noticed it, after a while, because you're unsuspecting, you're clueless. I was a Baptist, which I think are healthy to be a Baptist now, a real Christian. I dropped out of the charismatic movement. Even though I love them, I'm not going to be, you know. So let this be, this invisible shape here, on the verge of a bright I mean a wonderful God-planned new day, freedom, freedom from control, freedom from being ostracized for no reason except your look, freedom to enjoy the love of God, whether you're in a church, out of church, you're not going to have misogyny, you won't have racism, you won't have chauvinism, you won't have accuser, superior pride, because you don't look like their style as a female, the Jezebel type. So we do this because Like the Lord said, it didn't just, you know, there's other things and other movements. But with this movement, it has only been the same whelp. Western European Levitical Patriarchism control spirit, anti-certain kinds of people, and a dominating misogyny underneath. And there is a collective, it looks like, apparent need to protect turf to guard income. So money, the love of money, the root of money loving, is probably in there. Right now, since Dallas, I noted God talked to me because I had had the opposite as a dad, a pastor, a real dad, and a real loving father, respectful and happy, not into this false teaching. So when I was in Dallas, that's when the Lord also, when I tried to affiliate, you know, the the accusers of the LP, I know them. they they don't want to know your. They don't really love you. They don't really care about people. They care about owning and controlling or their big heads because they would ask you and submit to M- Matthew 18 15 and Galatians 1 if they thought you're in sin but that has that's why I wrote not to accuse them but to openly confront false teaching that hurts people wears them out uses used by the devil to wear down the saints read Ode to Whelp at the top of onlinefellowship.us that is what I found out of this the symbol and the typical false doctrine that goes with the good part, the really good part of hearing from God, which is a blessing. But if you want to go in there and you're hooked because you think, man, I can't wait to get in with the presence, peace, and power of God and the Holy Ghost, to wait on the Lord, let him move, all that stuff, which is wonderful, truly wonderful. And you've been through hell, which I had been, when I went these places, usually great pressure because I have my own ministry and do my, you know, a lot of fire in it. So you go to take off, be with God's people and fellowship, obey the command, and instead you're assaulted in a prison house of false, dominating and sneering, withstanding, superior, proud, just like the Levi, Leviathan of Job 40. It twists and hides. Read it for yourself. It's great teaching that that leadership trait of the false authority, the accuser authority, the bait-and-switch false advertising ministry that says, come, they advertise they're a church, a ministry, a fellowship that represents Jesus. But instead you get there and you're pre-qualified based on your look, based on your gender, your style, your energy, your color, whatever, your age. This is USA. It is not just one place. I saw it. And in that whelp are the Eli, many, big and small, accuser of the Lone Hannah, the Eli Temple High Priesthood. So I had been grieved. The Lord had shown me that prior to COVID, prior to moving up here. And it's deep South prophetic that is Caucasian and we-centric, global. You know, in a tribal person like myself, or the we global, we're for all the economy, we have an energy that's more diverse. So that I think when I walk into a we-centric, which is we are the world, we're used to being over-dominating controllers, overseers, let's say, then they are the colonials that used to, perhaps, still have the slave-owner mentality or spirit. I believe it is a, I, I judge the spirit as a master spirit, it really is. It has been the worst adversary in in my life, because it is a dominating, huge spirit that wars against the everyday person. No, I feel victorious and great joyful, but I'm not with them, or I might feel worn down because you get this oppression, people praying maybe against you, that goes in with this kind of whelp. So the whelp spirit is giant, but the reason we have to really get it out of the doctrine is principally because it owns. It is a religious spirit that is Pharisee, unfair, backbiting, and hypocritical, and also dominating, ruling like Jezebel to the prophet Elijah of God's new move, a diverse move. It owns the wells, and it guards the wells fiercely of the Holy Spirit book of Acts. Now, this can be in mega-celebrity, some. It can be in micro-turf-guarding, fierce, all-knowing, because I've seen it in decades of experience since 91. Now, do I word curse them no but I have this this movement word curses you this is why you have to confront it, it is occult psychic cult and false religion ego superior pride of Job 41 on the other side we don't think they're evil. I think there are various people that are not evil. They're just misled. They've never been taught. They've never been stood up to. Used to owning everybody and being the boss, and no one ever told them they love them enough to tell them they're wrong in their doctrine, but respect them. I respect them. I'm James 3.17, and my practice is cause of them to make sure they know, because they don't read me. They're, they say they're prophets, these white prophets. Oh, they got skill, but they call an Elijah sitting there. Jezebel, accusing, putting down, demeaning, dominating, and also then they warn all the people. This is from East Coast to Dallas and around the nation where the Spirit of the Lord moves. In this kind of Levitical patriarchism, overseer shepherding, it was the shepherding movement which I believe came down from the few of the errant pilgrims up in Massachusetts who were, well, Western European Levitical patriarchs over to colonize and all of the good stuff they did, we don't want to minimize, but at least several had power enough to pervert God's perceiver gift because they had dreams, nightmares, and vibes that they would use to accuse certain women in the Massachusetts Salem, Massachusetts witch trials and they killed them. So it's got in its root in America, anti-female, witch watching, spectral evidence—that's what they call it—and I believe that's what a lot of it has been toward me and many others, from the Florida, Dallas, South Carolina, Virginia, North Carolina, and I mean through the years. Also, when I go in full of energy, whatever my light is, because I can—I'm a, I'm a positive person. I try to keep positive, and I'm very. Usually, if I go, I've been through just the muck and mire of, of leadership where you get warfare, and that's where I get trained, really. So I take off to go visit or learn or just love them, and that's you're assaulted because you're there. That's all. You're doing nothing. So now I defensively and actively train the false. I don't want to call you a false prophet now, but you know, let this evidence speak for itself. People can judge, and uh, not accuse, but assess by fruit. So I would dialogue with any of them. All these, I would dialogue. I'm their friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, Proverbs. Faithful are the wounds of the friend, even the misogynist. Hey, we've all made mistakes. So love covers, the only covering in the Bible, because a lot of these patriarchs, matriarchs, are back under the law from the country. All wise country passed down from the hills of daddy and mama. Spine and Jezebel pronounce it, you know to me that's what that's the culture It's now famous and not some of them Are they evil? No across the board? No, but you got to select because of what they're doing under the guise of saying they're Christian Christian leaders Christian office prophets Christian Fellowships because I say it's false advertising. It's cult occult in some and it's a religious bias against certain styles so therefore what fruit more do you want to do when you evaluate that's fair faithful are the wounds of a friend I'm not accusing so I train people now when the visitor comes because this is what happens the visitor goes innocently led by the Lord to have a good time with God meet some people just be with God you are instead the spirit of whelp typecast, bias against you, spreads rumors that you are evil and all the people are told in the leadership to warn and they all back off. Is that Jesus style in the Bible? Is that occult? Yes. Is it cultish and maybe psychic? Hey, only God knows, but it is raising the barometer of the red flag. And it is in the Welp community that repeatedly, repeatedly does it, I'll be honest. So we want them to, we don't want anyone to come under God's judgment, frankly. We have the anonymous, up, the anonymous everyday crowd, you know, the huge crowd of witnesses, the neophytes to the senior leader, which I believe God sent me as a senior leader. I've had a staff before at Dallas, and that was the... You know, H on earth trial, but hey, grow. So I came as a unsent, not famous, not entourage, not pampered, and whatever, pet style as a sent messenger. Nonetheless, like many others, and I teach now because of this, it's decades worth. You know, many prophets that are famous are on the pulpit, elevated pulpit, will teach a warning to the people. Oh, over and over because there is a mammoth spiritual warfare going on all the time at different levels I know that you know it's ministry so there is the Amos 3 7 oh no that's the different one God tells nothing to anybody unless he tells the prophets first well I'm one of the prophets I'm telling you this first Eli better watch out Ichabod is here at your door at the door there is. <laughs> but I really meant to say the other one <laughs> It says, these prophets, certain Christian prophets with great talent, great hearts, but false doctrine and twisted maybe misogyny or anti racist or whatever. So they get up there and they say, I've heard this in public, small churches sometimes, on the front lines of their, you know, thinking they're the major prophet, which maybe that was their call to believe, but they're on assignment. So I hear the teaching, because the people in the audience, they say, don't touch God's anointed, do his prophets no harm, and I, as a real prophet, and one who has my own ministry, understand that people are targeting them, they could have real witches, they could have flaky people praying against them, gossiping about them doing evil to them at their local level or their mega level, so we understand that, it's, you know, understand they need a little precaution, but not to be hyper, where you're now beating down the next group of prophets that are sitting in your audience. So that goes both ways, everybody, ladies, gentlemen, alright? The command is for everybody, leaders and lay, real prophets, potentates and peons. And the new crowd coming up to be the next move of God. There I am. All right, there I am. So we teach, do not touch God's anointed. I didn't know I could do that. Do not touch God's anointed. Do his prophets no harm. And after my experience, starting in the 90s, whoa, it also means the new breed. One reason is many people have been through life, hard times in ministry, so they... Are easily paranoid about somebody hurting them or taking their turf and I don't do that I've always been very respectful and therefore I find that this jaded misogynist expecting the worst poor me pitiful patriarch type in leadership can be a local typecasting, a a certain kind of gender bias, you don't like this kind because your mama looked like that or you knew somebody just like, that is big. They could do that with males or females, but mostly it is, I noticed when I I was younger that they were picking up middle-aged intercessors that when I was starting out watching this and I wasn't a middle-aged person, I saw that tendency to pick one lone woman, and go after her as the evil, evil one. And I went, well, you know, maybe she was evil. Now I know what's going on a lot more. They are in the, you know, superior. It really is. You don't want that. Now, because I'm dealing with a lot of mentioning of the word Caucasian and different styles, and bias is really piling on the testimonies about it, Don't you think that no other race does nothing? You know they do this. A lot of stuff. It may not be all this. I'm not talking to you. I've had only respect. Deep respect with every color. But I'm talking to my own people group because I can. I need to. And I'm not red state. I am purple state and I don't wear pink. To me, pink, having to think the typical typecast of a real woman, God's woman, is Wearing pastel pink like Barbie is the farthest thing from my life. Some people look good in pink, let them be, but I think blue and yellow. I've always thought my favorite are blue and yellow, sunny, happy yellow. So we got to get over the misogynist, diminishing, stereotyping, keep them like Barbie, keep them, what do you call it, from advancing by making them all believe they're stupid and, and that they're back under the law and they, they gotta be sweet baby Jesus with no opinion that only certain styles. Now see, coming from the freedom that I was raised in, not under the law, I never would have thought of saying anything like this to any leader and they are my age basically. I could have gone to high school with them, let's say up or down, that basically the f- head guys Most of them, not all. Some are older and some are little. Some are now, and here's the bad part I found in Dallas. You can have a great group that's younger, the new generation, but if they come in to a leadership, back with the whelp spirit from their daddy and bygone ages, then they will have the same Jezebel not speaking, disrespect, rumor spreading, and in fact, the whole staff, the whole elders. So I notice this to help you, really, to help whelp, we want to help whelp and we overcome and also people, it is a form of satanic abuse, it is. To know that you are under hell at home, whether you're a grandmother raising two children, where you're a single parent, where you're a single woman, where you're new in town and a stranger, your husband's at home, but he said, okay, I don't mind if you go and you show up like it was my, has been my case. And you go up, maybe you're black, or you have an unusual appearance, or your hairstyle's real big, or whatever, you're not tiny. You go in there thinking, man, I have paid my price, you know, all I want to do is get away from the hell at work, the hell in my office, the hell at home. the uh, The double standard in life that they're biased against me. The racism, the accuser, the stress, the screaming children, whatever, death, grief, whatever. You go there with only real reasons to go be with Jesus and get in the. You know you're not proud, so you go in there thinking I. They advertise that I can get in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They advertise for years, that they are there and everybody's, you know, the cult followers have started their cult. <laughs> but then you go in there and you don't resemble those ancients who have sat there at their feet kneeling for 20, 30, 15, 10 years, and those people are conformed to a certain approved style, an emotional style, doctrinal style. So what i found is we want to, for the sake of the harvest, for the sake of the new people who need to come, who need to come, you want on behalf of Jesus to make his house safe and sane for all people. Let's go back to Isaiah. A lot of these Old Testament, you know, they're still stuck in the Old Testament. I believe we want to know the Old Testament and read it. To me, it's like they're precepts for now. So I'll go back and look, and I love to read about the real prophets, you know, and all that. But Jesus is the Messiah. He is the prophet for now, Hebrews 1 one and 2, and he had joy, Hebrews 1 9. He had, he was from the Middle East. He wasn't white packaged, you know, so he related. Think about maybe the uh, unskilled red state whelp could get out their Bible and study, or get out some history on what a Middle Eastern prophet might have interacted with and how he respected. And then our teaching is art, abiding relationship theology, abiding in James 3.17, even under pressure with God's help, at home, at church, at wherever you're Christian, your family, all that stuff. James 317 says that the wisdom, any wisdom, any teaching that comes from above is first of all pure peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. It's easily entreated. It's pure in heart. It doesn't need control. It's not all white. It's not all black. It's, it's God's people inside out is more important, not outside in. Isaiah 56 verse 7 to me would be a great way to start all over after pandemic with repackaging, fellowshipping with the saints as a criteria to think about. Alright, Isaiah 56 verse 7, and back then the Hebrew law made fellowshipping five, you know, mandatory, and it made it accusatory that people would say they didn't keep the Sabbath, they cooked that day. All right, it started in the Jewish nation in the Old Testament when it was under the law on a Friday night through Saturday fine. When Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. He writes it in our hearts. Apostle Paul talks about Ephesians 4, common doctrine for all saints, all believers. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all, with no law. He says, to me, my reading of that understanding is to build diverse community because you know, God knows we're not going to all think the same thing, believe the same thing, and we're going to all need to be right because we know we're right, that type of thing. So this is a way of proving the saints' hearts. Will they humble themselves to not be under the law? Will they humble themselves to say, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, even if Sister Susie wears earrings and we do not believe that, Anybody should wear earrings or jewelry that falls under See you're if you get where you're in the law You're gonna accuse them for wearing their jewelry or they're gonna accuse you for not wearing jewelry goes both ways But Ephesians 4 is the tiebreaker. He says, you know what even though you may resist I can't stick they're really off because you love God more, and you are for unity and not accusation and legalism, you now say, well, you know, they do fall under the criteria of, they believe there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, one faith, the Christian faith, one baptism, the baptism, uh, washing for sins, you know, and see the second baptism, I know all the charismatics and the, you know, everybody's thinking, what about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, book of Acts, you know? That is also not legalistic that they have to do it. I want them to do it for theirs. It's good. I like it. But it is not dogmatic, or else you'd accuse them. If you accuse them, you're under the law. So, the first baptism, you know, the quality of every criteria if you're a real Christian one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. Well, look at this one God, the Father of us all. Look around the world at all the Christians. Are they all? pink. Are they all tan? Are they all black? No, but there are a lot of brown and a lot of brown and tan ones. I think we need to think our philosophy, our teaching and our church to make it diverse. Human acceptance, white, black female, stranger, you name it, from another nation, get to normal relationship respect. It ties in with Isaiah 56 verse 7 my thought of how to rethink, repackage, maybe, fellowshipping with the saints, and the focus of why. It's really why. Is it because you have to? Some preacher said you're going to burn in hell if you don't fellowship with the saints like we say. That's legalism. That's accusation. And that is out there, believe me. Guilt-tripping people to come. And maybe the same ones that I noticed that did this, these were, were the ones that seemed to need money be honest. They seem to be in the same subculture, basically. I've studied and been immersed and repeatedly immersed in ministry doctrine of this type so much that I was inspired to study what their doctrine, who they are, what their background might be, and that's how we got it. So if we go down to Welp, coming from America, let's go to the Salem Witch Trials. Dreams and nightmares, spooky visions, no evidence. That's what this is. A lot of it. Some of it is this accusation. But lack of basic training in Ephesians 4 is another one. Discernment of spirits should not be gifts and spirits. Joyfully prided ourselves in our movement over common one foot on the ground people deserve respect, not demeaned by your bias, really, or our haughty spirit qualifying to be, you know, typecast. It's just... So we're in a new day. This is the new day. It's not all white. It's going to be all colors. I think we really need to go back and humbly self-evaluate, humble ourselves in ministry and our group and train them before God moves and we want everyone to remain healthy and happy. I want to get to Isaiah 56, but I'm going to, while I'm thinking of it, 20 in 2020 i had been around whelp, character assassinated, had such a great dad who was the opposite, so it always makes it stand out worse as a red flag, because I know a lot of the population of Christian ministers do not do this. They're not disgusting fruit like this. So when I was reading it back under the law and whatever, hyper about themselves. I um pinned. I started getting grounds to study all the authority, true and false. All the rumors, true and false. All the Jezebel stuff, true and false. And that's when I thought a lot of these people passed down from the country, all wise in the mountains somewhere. Deliverance, you know, or whatever. Too much time in their hands to dream up this stuff. Not all of them are evil, the people, but the doctrines are wacky, crazy, manic. Hurt people make God's name look untrustworthy and unsafe. That's the reason. So we evaluate them repeatedly, and that's when I wrote Ode to Welp at the top of uh, uh, OnlineFellowship.us because I didn't realize, but God had given me, I guess, evidently, He's given me a deliverance ministry because I had a pastor years ago, an apostle who was a missionary to many. Honduras and Dominican Republic, and he was casting out devils. And see, that was, I was younger, and I was like, "Oh wow," because you know that's not my real basic way of do. You know my basic mantle. So he told me this illustration back in two thousand, and he said, "Don't, Tavo, don't be afraid if a demon starts to manifest." And I went, "Whoa, let me hear this. That's good." He said, don't be afraid if a demon starts to manifest. It's just a sign it's ready to come out. And I went, wow. Because see, I was picturing demons like, you know, all that people manifesting. And that does happen. That can happen. But with me, it's been, well, I walk in and I'm the litmus test. Uh-oh, let's see. We have our new setup here with our podcasting and everything. We're so excited. But um, I walk in and... If it's in the room, that spirit. If I walk in, filled with James 3:17, all I want is the anointing. If it's there, it stands up and sends somebody over, or stares and glares and will not speak. So you know, I know these whelp tribes. I think of writing. I think I'll be writing on the art of whelp. The art of whelp. What is the art? The art of whelp abiding relationship theology. What goes on with relationships in this community and with God's people and trying to fellowship with the saints. So it made me this noble Berean Bible scholar that I never would have ever dreamed for the sake of the body. A unity, all ministers, non-believers so they don't get all into this. And to deliver to protect women from misogyny, ageism, all the other stuff that is in the whelp fruit. All right, back into He Isaiah eleven to excuse me, eleven Isaiah fifty six. Now, if we read the historical context of Isaiah, it is a huge, huge, massive word of the Lord, and it is filled with good stuff. About the Messiah, about the servant leader, about all these wonderful things toward the end, 40s on up, basically. But in the beginning, to lay a context for all this, there is a warning to God's own leaders, including his priests back then, the Hebrews, in Isaiah 1 through 10. Isaiah 1 through 10 says, warning to the leaders of God's people, including the temple leaders, because they had gotten into sin. They'd gotten into error. They had false little g gods. They had false religion and they had vanity, superior pride, jaded, accusing based on their superior knowledge. Like Eli Temple, I priesthood, I would say in First Samuel and like Leviathan. So Levi, Leviathan and the Levitical spirit tie in, including critical Levitical under the law in the New Testament is my submitted opinion. Therefore, when I look at that, it said that after the word of the Lord came from the national prophet to God's leaders, his elders, about the warning of their pride, vanity, false religion, and their little g gods, it said in Isaiah 5.22 that all this collectively had combined to make them so dull of discerning that now God pronounced a woe on the people, his people. He said, Whoa, leaders, now you are calling good evil and evil good. So when I walk in, I've noted that God's God showed it to me. I didn't come up, I wasn't looking for things. I'm not creepy. I try not to be creepy. But I walked in and the Lord would reveal in Dallas, especially Obadiah, priesthood, Esau, you know, all those things. And Isaiah wrote on that. But he said, Whoa, they're calling good, evil, evil, good. So here I go in. Innocent, trying to do nothing, pure-hearted, not looking for evil, looking for the Lord in the prophetic worship. So I go there, and all of a sudden, I get scanned and, scanned and scanned and scanned and scanned behind me. I'm a prophet, a seer, I can tell. And I think, well, I understand why they're doing it. But after a while, they stare, and they never speak. And they sort of resist you with the glare, the false This fault, the scowl of false teaching, that's what I finally figured out it's this scowl is a warning of false teaching in a ministry so then it's not fun it's like warfare to the visitor it is so unpleasant, it's so biased, it's so demeaning to the female or to the prophet who's a real pastor, prophet, apostle, teacher and they have no clue because they are woe, Isaiah 520, they're calling evil good and good evil and they say they're famous mega apostles or micro apostles or prophets. So, if they're wrong in a person who's sitting there in James 3 17, pure in heart, pure lifestyle, and they call you a Jezebel, a witch, or circulate a rumor that you are, which I've had happen and many others, tons of others, then they are the ones that are calling good evil and they've lost their true discernment. They're not in the full truth because they can't tell a Jezebel from an Elijah. I have an Elijah anointing. I really do, I always have. I have an Elijah anointing, I'm just not worldwide famous. And that's okay, but it takes a lot of people, I think, to shake up this movement because they're so thick, dull, concerned with themselves, tired, jaded, Eli Temple, priesthood, just that type, right before Ichabod. We hope not. But there's some that may not, you know, repent. I'm speaking on behalf of God first, on behalf of the good leaders who are getting confused by the bias. Other people think you're all like that because you're white and Christian and born again. You're not. But the teaching needs to be addressed. The teaching is false and it is, it is demonic and it ruins. Hebrews fellowshipping with the saints, as some said. First chapter one through three we talked about Isaiah 5, woe to them who are calling evil so confused, calling evil good, good, evil. So I think, because I do think on this as a prophet. well, if they're wrong like that in so many ways, if they're an error, what else are we believing that they're teaching that is also maybe an error? At one point I said, you know, how much, and I'll say it right now, how much error, what percentage of error in a church, a microchurch, a megachurch, a movement of God, uh, how much can be false in a movement that has good stuff in it before you name them and assess them and are wary of them as a false teacher, micro-ministry, mega ministry, or movement? and i asked the lord to tell me what to say and he said just say it's up it's between you and the listener the observer and their discernment their conscience with god's help so i'm submitted that i know that i can because a perceiver discerner is very wary if they're being controlled or the evil eye it is putting the evil eye that witch watching thing is like putting the evil eye it is like a demonic evil eye That you feel because you are not your innocent and it's a red flag. So I will say it is a psychic, controlling, demonic spirit. Rude as well. So if it's in your movement, get it out, brethren. The art of whelp. The art of whelp means I'm going to write and teach. I need to write and teach and train on it. Art is our relationship, abiding relationship theology. This is what we've got after 30 years. <laughs> we also say, don't accuse these people, anybody. Assess them. You need to be aware of the fruit and also the fruit of what you're sitting under and allowing to penetrate your spirit. If you take a bath at home, you get in the bath waters and are immersed. Well, you hope it's clean water with no impurities, no weird stuff, no snails, no contamination that. Clings to you invisibly later. Well, that's like this: you get in a doctrine of some kind of church that's subpar, that is spooky and subjectively in this realm of psychic or occult, or false teaching, dark doctrine that prays against you, or that is cult micromanaging, or is uh, polluting your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you will note it that you don't feel po- you don't feel powerful. Your usual self—you can't be really joyful because they're so somber. It's a lot of things that I notice. I can help people with. That's all I want to do. Um. When I teach this, frankly, I know that all these kind of people out there. So I think, yes, I forgave them. They always want—they always want to blame shift and accuse. Oh, you know, we don't have to pay attention to anything. It isn't us. It's them. So I know them. The art of whelp. I've been there to help them out because they're. You know, they need to understand how not to have to be in control. The other part is Isaiah 56 verse 7. Oh, I keep, you know, we got to get there. I apologize. So we talked about Isaiah first three chapters, the warning to the priests. We talked about them being dull of discerning. Should you go to them? Maybe they're off in a lot of other ways too in their doctrine, their Bible. That's your choice, Isaiah five ten. Well, the reason with all of that, the reason all that ministry and people of leadership in the, God's community, His faith community, was so important was Isaiah 10, verse 27. Isaiah 10, verse 27 says, God said, I am here. I'm here, leaders. I've been here waiting to fill you with my yoke-breaking anointing that would make your neck so fat with my anointing that no fierce, determined, evil nation, the Assyrians can take you down and wipe out your culture, but you know more and it's your little g-god's false religion and vanity, and your stuff, maybe, that's blocking my move, and I would submit that to you as right this moment accuse doctrine, you know judge doctrine false doctrine don't accuse but assess them as in or out of Balance or good teaching and the scale of false doctrine the critical Levitical are the first signs Now let's go to a happier topic after the open rebuke of these kind of leaders duller, you know, in a stupor of their own glory, perhaps, their own seerish gifting, we don't know. Then we go to Isaiah 56, and we start picking up positivity in Isaiah through 40 on, I think. That's what I remember. It's very detailed. I don't read it all the time, but it's one of the mega books, in my opinion, for now. Old Testament, Isaiah, for now, the right this generation, the other one would be New Testament, Ephesians. That's my two picks for year. you know, it had, what I feel is right. Diverse. Asia Minor, pre, let's see, Pre-Christian Hour Post. Diverse. Now let's go to Isaiah 56. When you read the context of Isaiah 56, God wants to pronounce a blessing on anybody, everybody who takes time apart, carves it out, and goes to keep a Sabbath. As I mentioned before, The Levitical law of the Old Testament for the Hebrews, which was, you know, for them, it says you must go. There are many requirements, and it's only on Friday to Saturday. So they completely, you know, quit work, everybody, which is okay. It's healthy. That's fine. It was to give them rest, recreation, and God commanded a blessing. So the idea that they would love God enough to quit their work, they wouldn't cook, They wouldn't do all these different things, and they would please God Is a first sign of humility. So God said, because I know it's tough to not work all the time, I know it's tough to take time off and be with me and do, you know, fellowship, then I command a blessing. So Isaiah 56, the chapter, is about the blessing. However, it is not God, our mighty God, does not prequalify who gets blessed, who comes to the fellowship. He says everybody is blessed, and he mentions certain kinds. The weak, the people who've had damage to their bodies, the castrated eunuch. He said whether you're a eunuch with no children, you know they've been castrated and their reproductive organs have been cut off or damaged. And so he says whether you will never have children or not, you are blessed because you keep and honor me in my Sabbath. When I thought of things i had been through when I discovered this, I thought, you know, I felt like so weak because I've been under hell. You know, abuse and just a lot of damage to recoup from. And the Lord said, you know what? You're equal. Don't, you're valuable. Just like the eunuch. You can feel you're impotent in a way that you're just not big and mighty and powerful at that time in that due season. But God says no matter what, it's not a biased racist house. It's not for for only certain kinds that are proven in, you know, Superman or not, it's for the weak. It's for everybody. It's for everybody, and that's why I think we need to really evaluate what is a ministry. What is Christian fellowshipping these days? It's just gotten completely out of whack. It is just law, pride, it's a lot of superior, it's just not. A lot of bath waters are contaminated, different kinds. Different views are contaminated, stagnant, festering, solid muscle. Nobody, there's even no movement in them, you know. So I'm submitting this as a sila to stir up the thought as an Apostle. One of God's servant leader apostles, no capital A trailblazer of whatever this is, whoever he wants it to be, all right, to get the word out, all right. So Isaiah 56 also says, the eunuch is valued and blessed for taking out, carving out time to come be with me. And the eunuchs would open the door, I believe, in the temple, serve in the temple. All right. So they were not of big, important social status or income, but they were welcome and valued because God looks at the sparrow and is amazed. And he always uses people of all high and low status to see how we react. Whether they're richer or poorer, or they're humble or proud, he's testing them. He's testing you and me by another relationship. Just know it. Are you biased? He sends somebody across your path that you can't stand that kind. (laughs) He'll do it to anybody, you know? So I have analyzed it, and I've seen what happens if I show up, or, you know, if somebody comes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I was... I thought I was pure in heart, and humble. I thought I was humble. But man, that lady, that friend of mine, she makes me realize I got work. I need work on that. So God keeps us leveled. It's his way of checks and balances. Same with sending an anointed prophet or somebody you don't recognize, an unknown minister with a gift that is really used somewhere else or is used in a future move. He sends them to trust, will you hurt God's anointed, like somebody hurt you, and and it's a humility thing, a lot of it. God is is, uh, mysterious. So back on with Isaiah 56. It also mentions people who would come and want to visit God's house from another nation. So all these things, all the different kinds of scenarios where somebody comes, they walk in the door, they're going to sit there to worship God. They may not be famous. They may be famous. It should be all about God. All about God and all about what can I do to represent God and value and protect and govern lovingly and respect equally every person that walks in the door. Because if I don't, when I don't, you don't know what they might have thought. And done later and they may never make it to heaven. You could or I could be, I mean everybody myself have got to know her first line of defense. Years ago when I was in the deep deep South I was just concerned about bigotry in the Christians, the same subculture, the same worship style and so I thought of Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was the famous renowned Indian pacifist from India and he was in the 40s, I think, and he was a leader and he said later He said I might have been a Christian had I not met so many of his followers And that has stuck with me and I think of me Am I being the worst nightmare if somebody's been abused or accused or black or or another faith? You don't know what the damage has been done, and that's what we've lost This is what we've lost in big ministry we have lost the real reason and focus and why we're here and the humility to relate to the ordinary common person. I was out yesterday and I was running an errand and it was a low-key place. And I, have, as a stranger in town, I remarked on the amazing, down-to-earth people that are smart, that are approachable, that just chat, and there were three ladies. I, I didn't know any of them, but we all just started to talk. I think, at least, I think they all knew the Lord at different levels, but also it wasn't famous. And I found myself rejoicing that I needed just plain old ordinary folk that weren't into any kind of mysticism, any kind of celebrity, any kind of hierarchy. I just want, and I, to me that's revival. We need to give people that are not famous in the walk of life, that's revival. When the good news, leaders, Isaiah 3, 1 through 3 kind, 1 through 5 kind, 1 through 10 kind, maybe, we have to recall that when Jesus Christ was announced his birth, you know, by the angels that came and announced his birth, that they went not to the Pharisees, the accusers, not to the money-laden system of the Pharisees, the temple government as it were, the legalistic system, tribunal, He did, they didn't go there. They went to the ignorant shepherds, the humble shepherds in the field. They were watching the sheep, a prophetic sign. They were watching the sheep. They weren't sidetracked. They weren't clubby. They weren't polished. They weren't in it for the money they were just there doing what they had to do and there was this all of a sudden the glory of the Lord came and announced Jesus is coming good news well that's what we need now is more of the humble shepherds and the good news that's what we really want so back to Isaiah 56 verse 7 when we get to all the people group God say, I want to bless my people. I want to bless them for showing up in my temple and putting me first, carving out time. So not to be a legalist, but I'm going to tell you that verse, but I want to say the framework. In the New Testament, we're not under the old. There's no, because of Ephesians 4, you don't have to go. You want to go. I want to go because there's more power when there's more people there. The corporate anointing versus the one or two anointing. I mean, it's equal and you have to hear God on where you're supposed to go and when. You know, that's the freedom of the New Testament in Christ. So when we have the legalism of local pressure, fault-finding you, I'm watching you, I know you don't go to church. I know you're not under somebody like we are. I know you're uh, out of order and rebellion because we say so based on our false theology. That is the basic framework of America. It really is. Small town, big town. And the people you talk that are sophisticated and mature, they believe it too. Therefore, we pull aside, we analyze the value, we think, let's teach common doctrine, have unity. The Love Walk Church of Philadelphia, the only door who's the only church whose door will never close is the church of brotherly love and respect, and motherly love and leaderly love and family love, respect in Revelation. One of the churches—it's not abusive, it's not accusing, it's not fault finding. Doesn't have the scowl of false religion. No, it's not compromise, It's not PC. It's not all white. It's not all black. It's whatever. Keeping your mind on God, not everybody else's ministry or business. So when I look at Ephesians, uh, excuse me, I look at Isaiah fifty-six, verse seven. That verse it says, "This is the fellowship, God." Can, it's like how to package organic in the New Testament. Fellowshiping with the saints, the command, don't forsake it. Fellowshiping with the saints. However, not legalistically, this is just a submitted Selah. The Bible says, those who come to take time out to have my uh, Sabbath for me, be with me, um, you know, go to church or fellowship somewhere. He says, I will take you to my holy mountain. I'll make you joyful in my house of prayer. Your burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted upon thy altar and my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. All right. This is not teaching from the Levitical Critical Point of View. This is teaching from Holy Spirit illumination of how to make it more joyful and more practical and more realistic so that people want to come not because they're pressured tongue-lashed, fault-finded, accused, but instead they really want to come because they get it. And they they know they can trust the marketing of the local minister. They can trust going there and want to go again. Put their foot in the waters, test it out. Mm, I think I'll go again. But they're not micromanaged or s- kept track of if they don't come back or if they come every so often. This is the freedom that is needed because of the legalism. Let's look at this. The blessing. Choose blessing. I want a fellowship. So God says, alright, here's a blessing that comes with choosing to keep a Sabbath with me. Now you know that in the days we live in, Christian ministers, doctors, heads of household, parents, single parents, there are you're the head. <clears throat> and you know all the stuff that could come up and stop you to get there. So when I'm the you know, when I've been through a life, I realize it doesn't have to be Sunday. It doesn't have to be a traditional format. I, as a minister, a leader, I will do my work, I'll do all this stuff, and then try on Mondays to not do anything. Now, if the Lord gives me a word of the Lord online, I will, but otherwise I said I don't do anything. If I work out, he says work out, I will. If I fellowship, If I do nothing except be with the Lord, that's my Sabbath. I go to a fellowship. I'm having, I'm starting the fellowship up again, I believe, on Saturdays here from our new headquarters to grow it for ministers, a minister's fellowship on Saturday on a more regular timetable and hopefully getting it better professionally. So we're going to do things, have guests, visitors, all this, you know, quality stuff. But the idea is that we want to make sure it's easy and not... It's easy to habitate. It's not fearful, pressure-filled, religious, all these requirements. Those are Pharisees. That's when Pharisee legalism and then followed by accusation get in. We're trying to make Hebrews 25 acceptable and palatable again to the, you know, to the many who don't go to church now in America, where it's been a landslide of leaving for ten all last decade at least, even longer even ministers part of it is healthy mind our own business it is not your business who goes where how many churches they go to this is going to be coming out in some of my teachings because it's more important they know Jesus and love Jesus and then if they to be mature you want to if the Lord leads you somewhere you feel it then when you go and you're feeling you're supposed to then you commit and help and you show up. Other than that, it's not all this. All the ministers sitting around in their tribes speculating and accusing Pharisees of the first degree, she's not submitted. Scal a false doctrine, right? He's not under so-and-so. He's not employed. Scal a false doctrine, right? <laughs> so this is the big thing. If you think they're an issue with them, you All of you are supposed to get on the phone, make an appointment, and Matthew 18, 15 lovingly confront. Galatians 6, 1, humbly confront. If they are Jezebel, you're accusing all these people, all these ministry people, accusing all these innocent people of Jezebels, males, females, black and white, and maybe they are a few in the mix of that. Church of Thyatira, Revelation 2, you're supposed to call them up and confront them and set down any Jezebel, not gossip about them. That's just false witness. So that's a sidetrack. Let me get back on this good part. Isaiah 11, 56, verse 7. The command, blessing of the Sabbath. Taking a Sabbath. You can have a blessed Sabbath if you just stay at home on a Sunday night and carve out three hours or a whole day. It is whatever works with you, because I know heads of ministries, heads of businesses, people that are employed or have extreme life or pressure. What if the person, you've got your Sabbath all made, you're going to take it off and be with God like a little honeymoon, and all of a sudden the employee doesn't show up, and you got to go in. Don't feel condemned, God knows, but he knows your heart. This is the root of all of this. Do your best. Isaiah 56, verse 7, the new, as the new fellowshipping with the saints. All right? The reason. I will take you, says the Lord, to my holy mountain. I will make you joyful in my house of prayer. Your burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. And my house, his house, not yours or mine, his ministry will be a house of prayer for all people. All right, a house of prayer for all people. That's the goal. All right, first, I will take you to my holy mountain. Once you show up and want to be with me and really focus on me with, you know, do your best, you got your pure motives. All right, not to look good, be famous or whatever. Show your gifts, quote your Bible, none of that. Not, you know, you gotta have a heart for God. It's about relationship with the Lord first. First love. So you go fellowship, he says, as your reward, I will take you to my holy mountain. What does that mean? To me it means, while you're there, you're going to get out of the cares of the world, you'll get in a rest mode, maybe you'll get a touch from God, an idea, maybe the worship will touch you, you'll get a revelation, a life-saving revelation from the Lord. He will take you to his holy mountain is similar to when Moses, the leader, with a lot of pressure, heavy pressure Took off and went up to the mountain of to be with God, and God gave him revelation of the download of the Ten Commandments. He was with God in the presence and power and glory, and God downloaded a spirit of wisdom and revelation with the Ten Commandments in it. So that's how you can get business plans and all that stuff. All right, so God wants to take you to the Holy Mountain take you out of the stress level, all the pressure, the fear, and give you wisdom and a coating of his anointing. It's like coating you with insulation for your emotions, your mind, that you can take that time, but also go with you and learn how to do it in your car, in your office, with the Holy Spirit over time. I will take you to my holy mountain. Wow, rejoice. I'll make you joyful in my house of prayer. When you show up to work for the Lord, to pray for people, to get in that intercessory mode or to do the work of the Lord, it won't be a chore if you're humble. It won't be, you know, super spiritual or spooky or sinister. It will be, boy, I get to be with God and uh, He'll make you joyful. One of the things through the years, because I come from intercessors, prophetic intercessors, even though we're Baptists, I come knowing the turf, being one, but also knowing, because I don't want to be like the turf a lot, because I saw a lot of moodiness and over-self, you know, all this navel-gazing before I went to Dallas, really. I saw the downside of that, and I came from happy camper, non-fault-finding, or critical, or accusing females, generations of my mom, sister, her mother, being inter- prayer warriors. I prefer the word prayer warriors, prayer people, because the word intercessor to me, I always thought, since the 90s, sounds like the big I, ego, so we don't want that. So God says, I'll make you joyful in my house of prayer. I've been around so many people in deep prayer moves, That I pity a lot of them. One reason is only God's grace. I knew that you don't get too self absorbed, miserable, only locked into that seeking and prayer mode and that intercessory. You know, you got to have a joyful side. You got to have a break. You got to see and relate to people, work out to be balanced. You have one foot or even one toe in normal. Otherwise, you can get off. That's the issue. So I've seen that, and only because grace, all of this is God's grace, his mercy, because he loves me. Just God's grace, I can share this. All right, so it says, I will take you, his promise, I will take you to my holy mountain. I'll make you joyful in my house of prayer. Like Jesus, Hebrews nine. and the oil of joy and gladness as a prophet. He wasn't one of those no-fun prophets scowling with the false doctrine. No, read Hebrews 1.9. All right. That fault-finding scowl may be people who just don't know. They're looking like the Old Testament prophet. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 talks about Jesus as the life we model. We look at his character, his lifestyle, his doctrine for the office of the prophet in the New Testament book of Acts day. All right, I will make you, you know, Lord says Isaiah 57, he'll make us joyful in our house of prayer, our burnt offerings sacrifices will be accepted on his altar you know this is the supernatural God seeing things we've never seen eternal life things all right he says all those hard days all those PhD's that you earned pretty hard days all those sacrifices you did when no one saw you silently all those things you did and you got grief for doing them and you did it only out of love and a pure heart for me Says all of those are going to be accepted on his altar. Isn't that amazing? Finally it says, his house, my house, shall be called with the reputation in an area, a fit reputation in the area, a fine, trustworthy, equal opportunity, respectful, James three seventeen, heart of the Lord, not harlot spying, hardcore, tough, but a house of prayer for all people, respectful for all kinds and all colors. Whoever comes in, they're ready, they're really ready to respect them. Respecting anybody, the anybody at the grocery store, at the church level, anywhere in your office, strangers at the laundry map, it pays to serve Jesus with knowledge you respect people at the toe-to-toe level. You respect them, not biased stereotype, not flare up with ego and fear or superiority or grandma's bigotry, but you perceive them. You don't trust them, maybe. You don't know their theology. You may not agree with their theology or they like their theology, which is fine. It is not your business, it is God's and theirs. The first line of Jesus Christ following and explaining his love to people to letting to communicate later if there is a door, then you first automatically think respect. If you do not respect them, they will know it because respect you know respect is perceived, it's transmitted and they have been around abuse. They might have been around bias, chauvinism, racism, and it still may be haunting them. And so when they see your kind, perhaps they're thinking maybe it's one more that's going to do it to me like my mama did. So we have to think perceptively now and target relationships because there is so much racism out there. There's so much Preferential treatment, respect for persons, demeaning, big eyes and little use. There's so much, you know, like hoity-toity and commercialism now, even in Christian ministry and on this, the basic Christian. So we do not want to do it. A lot of the people in some of these moves have forgotten the basics, like love, real love and respect. It is not about achieving income. It is not about knowing all your favorite books and reading all the messages of all your moves, the your, your only one move you ever listened, the Welt move or whatever it is, the only kind of people that come through the Welt ones that come through the Welt move and the pink ones that go through the pink move and all this stuff. You, you, <laughs> you gotta teach crossbody unity and humility and crossbody unity and common doctrine so we can figure out how to do this. When you Look at the priority of any Christian minister, included ex minister, included one must say it is not about my scholarship, scholarliness, or my sheepskin, it's not about my fame or my lack of fame, it's about the Lord pleasing the audience, pleasing Him. So, therefore, I must have respect for everybody made His image. Some people didn't have the grace that I was given to be mature. Some people have not had the grace and favor I've had to have this office that's known around the world and achieved all these mega millions, you know what I mean? Some of these people are just barely making it. You gotta have a little empathy, a little understanding that it's not about us. It's not about your own brand. See, before commercial, Christianity marketing came in, Charisma magazine. I'm not putting down charisma, but that symbolized it because I was in the grassroots starting ministry and I saw the effect negatively. All the advertising with your glossy, this is how we are supposed to do it recipe for getting your ministry to the world, you know, and it's, we were, they didn't know that. We, you know, we just didn't do it. We were young. Nobody knew this. So when you take the world system, and you try to replicate it to make it used for God, some of it, if you're really careful, can help. You know, there is media, there's a lot of good lighting and stuff, different places. But then you've got to think past that. It is what's going on in the lives of the families that need to know Jesus, that have relationships, that are trying to barely making it, how does that pertain to them getting along? How does that pertain to them not hating each other, not divorcing, not you know getting into fist fights and dysfunction? So through media, which is not all good and not all bad, we see a line of Christian differences in ministry. Because I was placed and you know, by God's grace, put on this earth for this time to live that long, feels so good, you know, really great by God's grace. But I was that long before all that, during its fledgling birthing years, during the movements that have come up and now are famous and now here, COVID on. A lot of it is just stuff the people never would have imagined that are now, you know, None of us would have imagined it. I don't think it's hopeless at all. I think it's just that we got a lot of great teaching out there. A lot of people are really pure-in-heart experts who've sat under it for 40, 50 years, 20 years, and they're ready to go. (laughs) A lot of leadership. But the teaching in too many places is stuck in the quagmire of the old wineskin. And the old wineskin even is a W H I N E, wineskin, poor us, they're not submitted, poor us, you know, they're evil because they're not bowing to our ministry. They're not submitted to our false teaching (laughs) because they don't know they got false teaching. So we are here not to accuse, but to assess and say, man, we got to work on a lot of stuff because nobody wants the unsaved, the broken, the abused the racially biased, the people under attack that have just never been saved or going through that are new people in Jesus to feel attacked again, accused again, beaten down again by the un, you know, all-knowing legalism of the clubby staff or the clubby ministers. And that is, it. I think, where I found personally why I had to get out. I was embedded in the grassroots for these purposes after being a pastor's daughter, knowing what's right, you know, down-to-earth pastor, I was embedded fine. I was accused in Virginia, when this, all this false doctrine, frowns the false doctrine, I was accused of being a church hopper, but that's when I noted, alright, what's in their doctrine? Did they ever submit to Matthew 18 to call me up? No. Did they want to know if I had a board? I did have a board. So all these things are immature. So then I went and I I was in DFW and I met the system after system after micromanaging system. If I went to the Holy Spirit, it was who knows what filled with witch watchers and clubs, you know, it was just a lot of stuff. So what I did, I didn't want to go anywhere. Of all the people that was called a church harbor but that, you know, that false doctrine kind, ironically, why would I want to go if I'm going to have misogyny greet me and assault me and. Respect her persons and whatever demeaning, uh, cl- like your cattle and lesser. You know, I wasn't raised around. That was Deep South worse than anywhere. I liked the people at the at the, at the you know people in general, but it was just that spirit in those sim- similar doctrinal bath waters. Mega. Icra. So we go from there, and then you think, Wow, what am I seeing? This is amazing. It is everywhere. That's why one must teach and train good doctrine, healthy doctrine for not And then the fear of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord. If you don't know, which many don't, if you don't know where the fear of the Lord begins, start with Proverbs 2, and it tells you how to get it. It says, if you cry out, use a little muscle, cry out to God for more of his power and wisdom, and you want him and his wisdom, supernatural free wisdom, more than you do silver or gold, money, making money, he will give you the fear of the Lord. And so, as a Nobuburian coming from wise Nobuburians, I hope this will help by submitting some doctrine to help balance the theology that is now very, currently very popular and huge, massive groups. So, when I found myself in the systems, the legalistic systems, and I'm out here not famous, so I'm out here with the people and the produce of the fruit, that's when I noticed wow. Go from one, they got their legalism, their law for their group, their clubbiness, their little cult following thing. Probably a Levitical patriarch if they're white, somewhere in the mix. <laughs> Shepherding movement. They're we centric. politic, red state, recentric, you gotta make sure, especially if you're now in Dallas, all these people are moving from California, all these people moving from these red blue states down, you better be ready, red state, biased Christian, to get your humility on and your respect on, whether they have your faith and beliefs or not, and that taught me a lot about this. Being withstood, being disrespected, why? A mom, mom in Christ? experienced, pure-hearted person. It is a devil spirit. It is, all I can say, is a witch-watching, demonic spirit that guards the Holy Spirit teaching. And it is, for such a time as this, I risk making myself unpopular to make Jesus' name healthy and safe and popular. Isaiah 56, verse 7. He wants to take us to his holy mountain, give us more information, revelation, fun, all right? He wants to make us joyful in our house of prayer, his house of prayer. He wants us to have all our hard work and duties and sufferings count for something in his eyes, all right? And then it says, he will make his house of prayer for all nations. That is a big question qualifier. Are you in a healthy place now that is a house of prayer? That means it's reverential, seeking God, pure in heart, no secret motives, no personal agenda. It's for everybody who needs prayer, praying for the nation, protecting for everybody. Pray for me. <laughs> and um, it is for revival or whatever. It's seeking God, humility, and relationship. So a house of prayer for all nations because they're Humble, easily entreated, not superstars, not, you know, false scales of doctrine and bigotry, partiality, clubby systems, then all these humble people of all colors, all styles, diplomats, authors, lawyers, people who sweep the street, people who have no homes, they'll all be equal that's what you're not getting you're not seeing that in m- much of this of the kinds i mentioned they're not there so who cares about fame when eternity looms big who cares about the packaging i'm sorry i may be crossing the boundary on this one but i'm just fed up a lot of us not with the people i'm not accusing them and i'm grateful for the good stuff but it's rare to go in now, a megachurch, frankly, it's rare to go in if you don't fit their cultish style in a witch-watching client, even though you want the Holy Spirit, it's rare to be able to go in there without getting this pummeling of false, scowling doctrine. So on behalf of God, and behalf of the legalism, on behalf of the you know the non-famous, the non worldwide famous of black and white and poor and rich, I'd rather go to any place that doesn't have a stigma of bias. I'd rather go to any, so I'm happier with the people who are pure in heart at any income level, and I have been there, and I've always done it. Right now, I have been on the travel of learning the curve, where I was before now, To as a sign also for the this group this target group that I mentioned their doctrine I was on as an Ezekiel the prophet now the Ezekiel prophet lay on his side for 340 days 50 days 90 days or something like that thank God let's say that thank God I didn't have that assignment but I was sent to mega ministries around the US certain styles as a person who had been many times abused Many times, you know, different things happen, and as also one who intentionally was put as a sign to camp in the car, which I thought, as an adventure, I thought, God said, man, you need to be a little tougher, because this is a tough crowd I've sent you to, these red state white country false teachers. I thought, you know, and see, nothing offends me, but you can tell who is, what they're really like when you show up and they find out. I don't really, I didn't ask for money, I didn't. Because I took off and stay in the Airbnb, and I could go to the hotel and all that stuff, but the idea, I wasn't in it for the money. And I had had a lot of hellish distractions, a lot of it from the spiritual fake ministries that I'd been around, where I thought, I do not, nothing, and I mean this, nothing will except God. I'm going to put Him first, no matter hell or high water. It ain't about money. This ain't about me or finances or mansions. I've had that. I don't come from poor, like a lot of these. I'm not nouveau rich, and I'm seeking to make my name. I just wanted to focus and get the word of the Lord, which I'm delivering now, and it took a long time, because I'm not a table waker. I am a Chief Apostle of whatever this movement is that God wants. I'm the founder. And because these clubby, gentrified, well-read, there's only one way. And they're offended. You know, I had one instance, because I love, I was brought up helping homeless. I was brought up helping grassroots. Why? What's the stigma? Mother Teresa, King Solomon, they're the same kind of God, you know? I'm not proud my, my aunt had had this teeny little church and she fed the poor for years. I mean, I'm a first responder, American missionary. Why is it such a sin to be accused and go through hell by these LP-spirited doctrines? Why? But as a prophet, I never felt, you know, I'm being really open. I never thought I'd talk about it. When I've had the worst things, for the like Pauline shipwrecks, and I'd go to the local ministers who happened to be where I was, where God put me white and whelp, charismatic and middle-aged, and usually been through poor, now they well off. Usually, not all are like this. I was shocked. If I mentioned that I car camped, you have gyms. I'm educated, I'm smart, I do it like to train you all, a lot of you all that do this to people, a lot of people, you're going to be there, that's why I did it. That's the real reason I tell you how to do it well, because I have great joy, I don't, I just think I'm an adventurer, I really, maybe I'm a sanguine or something, personality that doesn't bug me, but I'm professional, you know, and I'm talking to the top. Just like the New Testament times could resemble some of the Old Testament times. When I have gotten the weirdest thing and I tried to find, and they turned out to be only white charismatic of a middle age in the Dwelt doctrine, because that's all who's populated of Texas and out here, you know, many places, not all, I thought, I can't believe these people are immune. Scowls, we see you coming to take. Did I ask? No, I was wanting to love, find a, a family so that I could focus on my ministry and music and get the music, which is Tentmaker, and, and do my thing and get people and staff and everything like I've done. But that wasn't the timing until now. I didn't know it, but God has weird plans, but he showed me the terrible, precarious balance our nation is in, our wrong nation is in. And he had been showing me for decades, years, about the same kind of doctrine that, you know, that's false, that's blocking the wells of the Holy Spirit renewal. And that it was the Eli temple priesthood and priestettes who were doing it. And that there is going to be a huge, potentially huge removal of some of these, a few of these, several of these. I've seen that prior to COVID. I've given words. 2019, God is sending an Acts 2 mighty flush to flush out ministry character. Whoa, who'd have thought the pandemic would come? I didn't know that. A Few months later, when I heard that, I thought all these systems, all this faking it to me, all this plastic ministry, playtime, Jezebel sin, as if that's what the most important thing is, you know, ruining people, I thought, God trying to get an attention, rebooting. I called it rebooting the church. I thought, I understand it. it needs to be done. It doesn't bother me. I'm not financially dependent upon all those people. So, anyway, I'm not into the system. So, therefore, we got to start again and get rid of archaic ministry, archaic forms of Christ following. We're doing it as unto the Lord, not to please anybody. Not to, you know, we may make mistakes. I make mistakes. You make, we forgive everybody. We don't just go and say, oh, yeah, I saw. He fell. She fell. Let's go, you know, get the juicy news. Who was it lately? Oh, yeah, somebody famous got divorced and everybody's talking about it. But I'm talking to Christians, born again Christians. It's got to be a new day. It's got to be, I'm out here. So are all the many more majority of Christians and leaders. And we want real, we want real, down to earth, approachable like the old days. My dad up in heaven, thank God for my dad. I just remember him being like Jesus, going about doing good. That means, like in Acts 10.38, he walked to the grocery store, humbly bought his groceries, the lady Little lady there would be in heartbreak, so she'd start telling her sad stories to him at the grocery store. And I was there as his firstborn. I watched, and he was just patient. He didn't put her down for being an emotionally evil female, you know, less than, diminished. He didn't act short-tempered, like, oh, man, I got better things to do than you, honey, to get on my mega way. No, he was not like that. He talked to people, and that's what we, he respected people. That's where, I, I guess i it's in my nature to think like that. Approachable, available. Now, we know if, if you've got a really huge church, you can't do that with anybody because they can really be, you know, time wasters or Jezebels or something. But you don't want to make it like in your doctrinal bathwater is concrete that everybody is supposed to be, you know, you're persecuted, oh, you're, you know paranoid they're all coming after you you've got to have some might you gotta have and see what I do when I've analyzed wife, I'm a litmus test for the whelp. I notice that I have might Isaiah 5 Isaiah 11 2 where Jesus Christ in the midst of all the word of the Lord to the fallen leaders then there's a, the prophesied Messiah who would come with all God's seven spirits And he would not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor make decisions based on what he heard, rumors. That's safety. So, in the middle of all the quagmire of theology and you know downturned ministry leaders, God comes in with a vision for hope. And I believe if we all pull back and get a vision for hope together, Christians—not Christianese, but the real deal—let's see what a new church forms inside, outside, mega, same building, new building, nobody at a church, whatever it is, it's about the Lord and people, his people and the new ones that he wants to have a family, so forth. So we have greatly thought on the angles, and we've thought about how to do it where nobody is diminished, nobody is critical, we're not competing, we're not, you know, people who are in their ivory tower, or the Phariseeical systems, they're immediately thinking they're critical, they're immediately thinking they're coming to take our turf, turf protecting. I've been in micro, I've been in mega, and I know that same charismatic teaching. This is not that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Everybody keep your mind on your own business from the Lord. No competing, no comparing and act in James 3.17, know your Bible about relationships and the goal of Christianity. Know your Bible and your theology of Ephesians 4, community, it's a lot in there. Know your Bible about the Philadelphia Love Walk Church of relationship. It values relationships. It's kind, humble, easily entreated. It resembles Ephesians 5.21, mutual submission and the fear of the Lord, as well as Ephesians 4. Everyone walking in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering. And then I'm putting in James 3.17, criteria for relationships in the fear of the Lord. Everyone, minister, family, person, everyone going to God, because it will take His help to do this. Going to God to continually, even enduring under pressure to do your best with God's help. To resemble the wisdom that comes from above, which is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. When I have studied and analyzed relationships and pure-hearted Christians, not pure-hearted Christians, when I've understood the falling away, in which I really believe is more it's a blame shifting onto the sinner and to the other person who's not saved and blaming everybody. It's really a driving away. An egregious, Second Timothy commanded, pure hearted, leaving, running away, fleeing away, because God said, if they're accusers and boasters, lovers of themselves and proud, get away <laughs> from such, turn away. And we have, all right? So we say, yeah, a lot of hoopla speculation, oh yes, they've all left, you know, falling away. We're so righteous because it's them. Pharisee. So instead we take ownership and responsibility. We need to get that back and be accountable. What is really a falling away? Who is really falling away? What's a demonic deception? And what is us and our bad scowl of false religion? What if what in the world would i do if i had to go to a church like that and meet you and the <laughs> and your scowl as i have to tell we're not pc we're being upfront direct but respectful we believe that we are to value every individual like they're the only person that god ever made in the universe including you including me because this is how it Is not done. It is so important because why? They may go. The person offended, biased, chased out, snidely looked at because they're in poverty or whatever. May burn in hell because of the witch watching. May burn in hell because that their father had accused them. Their mother had. Betrayed them they've had so much pile on and so much garbage from life that now after the church where they were Disrespected and demeaned one more time when that was their only last chance to try to Live their life with God's help, but they were Disgustingly turned away and they would go home and it was like why bother? They don't even like me and I'm you know trying to love Jesus the ministers don't like me. I might as well end it all and they kill themselves. You don't know. It is that thick. It is that important. It is so important that you're not self-righteous and so so ornery, so full of yourselves. you got to choose what's right. You really do. So there is going to be a falling away, but why do we want to add to the numbers by being a legalistic driving them away? That's the main thing. God is good as mercy endures. Um, we are going to be having a down to earth relatable network. And my network, I'll have my friend Elena come on when she can. She's a mama three. And we're going to chat just to be ourselves, which I really, that's why we're doing this, because we want to be ourselves. We don't want to put on, you know, because I believe a network is so important right now. Just to do it, nobody has to join or sign up or be officially a member or pay anything it's just like it's a white and black network of all colors hispanic it's all kinds it's just whoever you feel and it's going to be a, a what is the word like the vision in the wheel the holy spirit gyroscope wheel within a wheel of ezekiel if you feel led to do it do it if you feel led to join us if we have a casual gathering somewhere or not just do what God says, that's all we need. We don't have to have members. We're not gonna be clubby, but we also say that there are people, One time, when, when we're ready, to have volunteers, many volunteers, and I, my goal this week is to say, I used to really, in Virginia, prior to the Deep South cult experience, clubby experiences, I used to really like to help the least of these. I mean, I really do. And I thought today, I found privately just, you know, if you've got stuff that's good, I know where I'm starting to figure out where to put it that will help people that need it. That, you know, like a certain place I saw the other day, I found, you know, this lady, she, I gave her some things and she put it so they could, people that walk in her business can get it. So that, I used to call it in Virginia, I had a hauling ministry. I like that. I like natural people. You know, the Bible teaches us that. In the first church days, everybody had enough. Everybody gave what was needed to somebody else. It took away that poverty because they had caring, empathy, compassion, and they were not compassion fatigued or having the us against them hierarchy of the Eli Temple like priesthood jaded. Been there, seen it all, done it all. Now we're you know we don't want to be lose anything because we're. So that is a huge, big deal that most people know. The common ground, the common grassroots is probably the least likely to want to go to your church. It really is. The least likely, because they have seen too much, met too many mean ones. So we're trying to say, let's don't force them. Let's don't afflict them again, be mean, haughty, Clubbish and immune, disrespectful, demeaning, biased, chauvinist, racist, let's shock them by being nice. James 3.17. Respect first, dialogue, hear their backstory, assess them by James 3.17 fruit. You don't trust everybody, you don't agree with their theology, but they don't agree with yours. It's mutual respect for the office of every human made in God's image. And that is what we're here for. This is our worldwide headquarters of ministry. The headquarters, even though I move, you know, I have, uh, I'm meeting Charlotte down to Rock Hill and everywhere in between. South Park, Charlotte is one of my calls and I can have an off, you know, I have an office up there. But we are really down to earth and we want it to be respectful relatable to everybody. I deal with men and women. I have a human for everybody who doesn't get it, who don't know. This is a human's ministry for people. We will take it, you know, we understand the different things that if you're the man, if you're the female, if you're married, if you're not, we understand the right thing to do and the chain of command and Ephesians 521 and a 522 and all these different things. But we are for the Lord for the ministers, for the Christians, but we're more for the Lord and for the non-Christian to realize this is not what they've seen on TV. This is not what they've met at home. This is not the old-timey body of Christ fault-finding, finger-pointing, slamming that Bible. They don't care about you. They just want to get their quote on their notch, you know? We are not in it for the money. We do not judge. It. You know, the three. The three commands Paul gives for groups or people you want to associate with. All right, there are three commands. One for the these are for the Christian. Hebrews ten twenty. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty five. Do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. All right, but there are two more that says leave. <laughs> This is go, the 10, this is get away. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, in the last days there'll be lovers of themselves, accusers, boasters, self-righteous, denying the power thereof. Okay? So that Paul commands, if they're like that over a period of time, and you've done your best, from such turn away. That could be a fellowship as well, as a church. It can be Christians. The other one would be First Timothy 6, it says they may be big talkers but they believe that you are not blessed you're not really blessed by God unless you have money it says from such turn away so I have on my journey as Ezekiel when I find that I went whoa it's a red flag when I, one of the things I love, and see, my plan before COVID was to get a van and go see if the preachers were saved, the Christians, the Christian ministers were saved because of what I did discovering through the years, decades. And I felt I was supposed to do it, and then COVID, and then I came up here, which I felt, you know, let's go for that, but it hadn't happened. You know, I don't know. We're seeing what God really wants and needs right now. But I, the part I really enjoy, because I am an adventurous soul, I never feel poor. The only time I feel poor is some kind of proud, superior spirit attacking me. That's the only thing that makes me feel yucky. Other than that, I'm filled with joy, you know? So I don't really care what I don't have any compassion fatigue like these people. So when I'm out and about, it gives me and when I was in Dallas, it was so unpleasant, and I went online, so I found it's nicer, more respectful when I was at the Barista Fellowships, which was Starbucks, basically, because they had Wi-Fi, good people, and friendly, and respectful. Then the gym was the same way, not clubby, clannish, but just nice people, approachable of all ages and races. It was just like, I wasn't age-biased, I wasn't typecast, I wasn't gender-biased, all that stuff. So, I studied why those great those places are popular. The Starbucks, the gyms, because they're equal opportunity, real respectful. <laughs> plus they're professional and show up on time. I don't feel they're minding my business. Oh, you know, she didn't come but twice this week. We better tell everybody she's barista fellowship hopping, gym hopping. This is what I live through, you know. So this is not the old days. Let's start again. Let's have a refreshing mind-your-own-business, cleansed movement. Let's do that. So we want it to be a, I get to go. Yeah, I, you know, and I really do like to go. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. I just didn't want to go where the bath waters were that murky and unclean. I really didn't. I have my standards now. After you know, and I will say this: after I had paid my dues many times, for giving, a, forgiving, forgiving no matter, and I do forgive. But I have paid, and a lot of us—I speak on behalf of every all these people. A lot of people have paid our price just for trying to fellowship at some of your saintly fellowships putting our money in, praying for you, not against you, trying to be submitted, but you're under the law. And instead, there is all the Eli temple priesthood, whelp, ode to whelp, backbiting, fault-finding, no speaking, no respect. So we believe the no respect is probably the bottom line in our nation. They're just not respecting them. They just think, you know, we can treat them in no way. We're the mighty called offices. We got it. We've seen it for years. Now we've made our mega fortune, our mini fortune. Now we're gentrifying. We can take off and diamond dust, and they'll show up. If those leave and are offended, you know, that's all right. That is wrong. That is why God is not happy about that. And the people, many people are not So I think if you really think somebody is off the wall, in sin, the deadbeat that you think you're judging them to be, you need to get off your high horse and make a phone call in Matthew 18, 15, confront. Check it out for yourself. You know, all the rumors since the you know, I was here before the Billy Graham age, before all this. I think you need to get out your Billy Graham video on YouTube and read, have at least two or three to get your heart right. Two or three Billy Graham for everybody. To get your perspective, eternal perspective, your heart right, your humility, and then note the people and the fruit that followed Billy Graham. Not all white, either. It's not all white. So when I say, uh, the Eli Temple priesthood were so stuck in their mire, their own ways, their own fortunes, their own habits, and their staff, and their clannish, clubbish, proud crowd, where they'd gotten jaundiced and made of stereotypes. For instance, Hannah, he thought of her as a drunk when she was weeping, he had no empathy, sympathy, or compassion left. So he accused the mother of the next new move of God, of the whole nation of Hebrews, the mother of the prophet of Samuel to be, he accused her of being a drunk and demeaned her as the lone office, the lone woman before this confused and chauvinist and toxic office. However, if you read First Samuel, to see the fruits of the priesthood God judged, called Ichabod over and removed the priest forever, everyone in the family. At one point God sins and used a very unfamous, nameless, faceless prophet who gave the word directly to Eli, Ichabod minister, the glory of the Lord has departed, you and your sons will be forever gone from this house and nobody will take your place. So when I read all this, and I saw all the witnesses of what I, you know, God has allowed me to see, trusted me to see, I felt like similar. I felt like, is this? Am I just some foolish thing, goofy, foolish thing of this world that is used to confound the worldly wise with the wealth? All men, basically, in their wealth. Females, but I'm thinking, am I used like the? Am I one of the people, maybe, that's being used to confuse these people who are so frustrated? Am I used like the nameless, faceless prophet? I don't know, but I felt it. I really did. On the other hand, I think, you know, how many others have been sent? How many others have come that they have accused? How many others, through the years, the mega and the micro years, how many years has God sent a person or persons? that didn't fit their preferred style, to warn them to stop doing these practices, some of these practices, before they brought judgment on themselves, that they accused that many as harlots without speaking. They accused and branded and labeled Listen, I could think of many states. I'm not just thinking of one. I'm thinking of fabulous ministry in a lot of mega places around our country and little places where people are landlocked in rural places where they're stuck with what they got in the area who happens to call themselves a minister, apostle, or prophet. I've been there. And I know how bad it is in your landlocked area where everybody watches you and knows your business or thinks they do, but they don't love you enough to find out and verify it. So on behalf of all the common people, all the ordinary, invisible, males and females, white and black, all the people that are growing, young people and older, all the people that don't look the same, act the same, but their hearts are pure and true toward the Lord, we submit this to every single office, minister, and leader in the Christian faith, in our nation across the country and we submit it to you now and we will hand it over to the lord it's up to you and the lord who will you choose to serve who you're going to serve the lord or your hierarchy your lord or your pastorate the lord or your need for generating revenue who you're going to serve and that's up to you so i'm working on you know all the rest of us out here We don't deserve anything except God's grace. That's all we got out here. But we can't be encouraged, and there is a blessing, for wanting to honor the Lord, our Father, our Daddy, by fellowshipping with the saints, according to Isaiah 56. That's all we should have to think about. We want to do it. We don't want to be forced by evil doctrine to leave god bless you he loves you this is the word of the lord in jesus name amen